Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Crunch Time Sports Advantage Network. This is the Crunch Time Express playoff edition, and you can tell that I am hyped out of my skin right now. Voodoo Child is in the building. Let's get going because we got six games to break down, and we don't have a lot of time to get there. Let's get started with our first contest, and it will be that game kicking off at NRG Stadium on Saturday afternoon as the Houston Texans welcome in the Cleveland Browns. Let's give you the quick accounting um, numbers for some key starters here, and then I will get um, into the breakdown um, really quickly here. For the Cleveland Browns, Joe Flacco on the season in limited action, 123 completions, 204 attempts, 1,616 yards passing with 13 touchdowns. His favorite target, Amari Cooper, 72 receptions on the year, 1,250 yards receiving, five touchdowns. The Browns are led on the ground by Jermaine Ford, 204 rushing attempts, 813 yards, four touchdowns. For the Houston Texans, rookie phenom C.J. Stroud. This young Buckeye has absolutely been playing lights out all season long. Should be the offensive player of the year in the NFL this year. 319 completions, 499 attempts, 4,108 yards passing, 23 touchdowns. He's led by one of his favorite targets in Nico Collins. 80 receptions, 1,297 yards, and eight touchdowns. The Texans are led on the ground by Devin Singletary, 216 rushing attempts, 898 yards, four touchdowns. Now, these teams played just a few weeks ago. C.J. Stroud was out of that ball game. Cleveland won in Houston 36-22. to we got a couple of key injuries to look out for in this ball game. Cleveland Browns cornerback, uh, Denzel Ward, dealing with a little bit of an ankle issue. Coach says he's going to be ready to go on Saturday. We're going to take him at his word that Ward will be ready to go. For the Houston Texans, another rookie out of Alabama, Will Anderson Jr., been hobbled for the last couple of weeks with that ankle injury. He's only been able to play about 50% of the snaps. Look for the Browns to um, key on Will Anderson when he's on the field and when he's off the field. Let's get into um, the advanced metrics because we're going to dance with the girl that brought us, and that's not counting on raw data. That's using our advanced metrics in all six of these contests. Let's start with the Cleveland Brown offense. The Cleveland Brown offense, power ranked number 12 for us on the season. That's despite playing 
four different quarterbacks on the year. That Houston Texans defense ranked 11th overall. Let's flip it over. That Houston Texan offense ranked 19th in our power rankings. That Cleveland Brown defense is a top 10 defense coming in at number nine. So who has the advantage in this matchup? We know that this game is indoors. So weather will not play an impact in this ball game. And if I go back and take a quick look at that December 24th matchup, I want to just take a quick notice at how did the Browns attack this Houston Texan defense. And despite Joe Flacco throwing for two interceptions in this ball game, the Browns were able to hit this Houston Texan secondary for 368 yards um, with Joe Flacco, 27 for 42, and three passing touchdowns. We know Davis Mills um, played in that ball game. Him and uh, Case Keenum, uh, both in that ball game. Both of those quarterbacks combined for 211 yards, two touchdowns, two ints. So basically, the turnovers were a wash in that ball game. It was the rushing attack in this ball game that was completely shut down by both teams. Neither team could get their ground game going in this contest. That's something that to really pay attention to as I get in a little bit deeper on this breakdown. So um, we talked about the, the rushing and passing. Let's take a look at the rushing metrics here. For the Browns, the Browns come in with the 12th best power rank rushing attack in our metrics. That Houston Texan defense is a top 10 rush defense. You heard me talk about why both teams were really struggling to run the ball. This is why. The Houston Texans come in seventh in our metrics. That Houston Texans offense as far as the ground attack, 27th in the NFL using our metrics. That Cleveland Brown defense also top 10, just right behind the Houston Texans coming in at ninth in the NFL. So this game is going to be won or lost through the air. Let's take a look at the, the passing attack for both teams. We talked about Cleveland starting four different quarterbacks this year, so Cleveland numbers are going to be a little bit skewed in this, in this breakdown, coming in 20th as far as passing attacks go using our metrics. At Houston Texans defense, bottom five in the NFL, ranked 30th. That Houston Texans offense, I talked about led by C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins come in as the sixth best passing attack in the NFL. However, they're facing Jim Schwartz-led defense, Miles Garrett, Zadarius Smith on the, on the perimeter. They come in with a top five uh, passing attack as far as the defense goes. Number three in the NFL. Not a lot of teams find success throwing the ball through the air against the Cleveland Browns this year we know about the home road splits but here's what this matchup is going to come down to for me a limited will anderson jr 
a weak secondary for the Houston Texans. Joe Flacco, Amari Cooper, Tyen David, the Chief Ninjoku, expect the Browns to put the ball in the air early and often, trying to build a lead so Jim Schwartz can do what one of the best defensive coordinators in all of the NFL has been doing for a long time, and that is turning loose the hounds. Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett. We call him the cyborg for a reason because this guy is not native of this planet. This will probably be a game that we're going to be heavily involved in this weekend, but I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup and expect a lot of points um, through the air, or I should say a lot of yards through the air in this contest. Our nightcap on Saturday, and you talk about some brutal weather. Arrowhead Stadium, the Miami Dolphins losing out on getting that number two seed and playing at home this weekend will travel up to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Let's take a look at um, the 2023 leaders for both teams. For the Miami Dolphins, Tua Tungavailoa, able to stay healthy this year. We saw what this young man could do when he's healthy and he has his full complement of wide receivers. On the season, Tua, 388 completions, 560 attempts, 4,624 yards, 29 touchdowns. One of his favorite targets is Tyreek Hill. 119 receptions, 1,799 yards, 13 touchdowns. I think if Tyreek Hill would have been healthy, that 2,000 number would have been hit. The Dolphins are led on the ground by Raheem Moster, 209 rush attempts, 1,012 yards, 18 touchdowns. For the Kansas City Chiefs, they're led by Patrick Mahomes. 401 completions, 597 attempts, 4,183 yards through the air, 27 touchdowns. His favorite target and has been for a long time, Travis Kelsey, 93 receptions, 984 yards, five touchdowns. The Chiefs are led on the ground by Isaiah Pachinko, 205 rushing attempts, 935 yards, seven touchdowns. These two teams did match up in early November with the Kansas City Chiefs winning 21 to 14. Let's take a look at that matchup and see if we can't get a little bit of a feel for that game that was played overseas in London where the Kansas City Chiefs got off to a 21-nothing lead uh, prior to halftime. Dolphins were able to put up 14 points in the third quarter. But a late turnover by Tua um, caused that um, Dolphins not to be able to tie up that ball game. Let's take a look at the stats in that ball game uh, briefly. Miami, 21 rushing attempts, 117 yards, one touchdown on the ground. The Chiefs, 24 rushing attempts. 93 yards, no touchdown. Both quarterbacks really struggled throwing the ball in that ball game. 
Tua, 21 for 34, 193 yards, one touchdown, no INTs. For Patrick Mahomes, 20 for 30, 185, two touchdowns, no INTs. Let me make a quick correction. It was a late fumble in that ball game um, where the Dolphins lost that game. They had three fumbles, lost one, and that, that one loss was, was extremely critical. Both teams struggled on third downs in that ball game. The Dolphins were three for 12, Kansas City three for 10. You heard the weather forecast, um, extremely frigid, frigid temperatures. Now, we're not expecting any snow flurries. So usually in a game where you have um, snow flurries or, or even a, a large accumulation of snow, you would give the advantage to the offense. Since it's just cold temperatures, I think that that's going to really mitigate some of the things that the Dolphins are able to do with their pass concepts because it's hard to throw that ball when you're not getting the full use of your fingertips and being able to really drive that, that football. The Miami Dolphins, a timing and rhythm offense. Kansas City, more used to playing in these conditions. We'll see how the data stacks up and, and lead us a little bit deeper into the breakdown. For the visiting Miami Dolphins, they come in with the third best offense using our, our metrics, while the Kansas City Chiefs come in with the number two power-ranked defense in the NFL. Slight advantage to the Kansas City Chiefs since they're playing at home. Kansas City offense, we've talked about it all year long. This offense just not seem to be clicking on half the cylinders. Forget all the cylinders. A lot of drop passes by the wide receivers. Mahomes not being able to connect going down the field, whether it's a misread or just a blatant drop. Kansas City, your pass defense, I mean, your, your passing game. We'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. But overall, just looking at the offense, being 22 out of 32 teams just does not look right. But that's where we are in this year of the NFL. The Miami pass defense has been just as bad, 25th out of 32 teams as far as our metrics go. Let's start with the passing game because I think this is where we're going to um, notice a few things here as we get into this breakdown. Let's start with the visiting Miami Dolphins, the number one passing attack in the NFL this year for us but they're going up against our number four ranked passing defense in the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City offense passing game ranked 11th despite all of the drops that we, we, we just chronic, chronicled just a moment ago. The Miami pass defense ranked 23rd out of 32 teams. You've been able to get plays through the, through the passing game on this Miami defense. Expect Patrick Mahomes to take a few shots in this ball game just to try to get some separation in this contest. As far as the rushing game, the Dolphins come in with the sixth best rushing attack in the NFL, while the Kansas City Chiefs rush defense 
comes in 19th for the Kansas City Chiefs offense. As far as the rushing attack goes, they come in ranked 20th, while the Dolphins come in ranked 11th. Now, looking at this, you would think advantage would go to Miami. But when you dig into the injury report, losing Bradley Chubb, losing Xavier Howard, um, to, both of them will, will be lost for the season. We know that Jay, um, on the offense for, for the Dolphins, Jaden Waddle is, is dealing with injuries. The offensive line for the Dolphins, a little bit beat up coming into this ballgame. You couple that with that severe, brutal, cold weather that the Dolphins are just not used to playing in. Um, they were fortunate the way the schedule laid out. They didn't have to go up to Buffalo at the end of the year. They didn't have to go up to the Jets um, and play in extremely bad weather. These temperatures really limit what I think the Dolphins are going to be able to do. Tua doesn't stretch the ball a lot down the field. I think you're going to see that restricted even more so in this ball game. I'm going to give a slight advantage in this ball game to the Kansas City Chiefs for one reason and one reason only. They know how to play at home in this weather as Mahomes has yet to play a role playoff game in his career. Now, the Chiefs want to get to a Super Bowl because they don't have the number one seed. They will have to go on the road. But for this contest, they'll be playing at home. And we know what Chris Jones, that talented defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs does in the playoffs. I really think that he's going to have a monster game in this contest. Let's flip the calendar over to Sunday as we got a triple header. And we're going to kick this thing off at 1 p.m. Eastern time, 12 o'clock Central, with the Pittsburgh Steelers hitting a huge parlay to get into the playoffs, traveling up to Western New York, where they will be taking on the Buffalo Bills in this contest. Taking a look at the, the key wide receiver and running back for the Steelers, as we know, Mason Rudolph um, has been starting here recently for the Pittsburgh Steelers. George Pickens, talented but troubled wide receiver out of the University of Georgia, 63 receptions, 1,140 yards, and five touchdowns. Out of the University of Alabama, Najee Harris, 255 rushing attempts, 1,035 yards, eight rushing touchdowns. For the Buffalo Bills, they're going to ride or die with the arms and legs of one Josh Allen. That talented quarterback out of the University of Wyoming on the year, 385 completions, 579 pass attempts, 4,306 yards passing with 29 passing touchdowns. His favorite target, Stephon Diggs, 107, yard, 107 receptions, 1,183 yards, Eight receiving touchdowns. Of late, the ground game has been cooking, and the chef that's been leading that ground attack is none other than James Cook. 237 rushing attempts, 1,122 yards on the ground with two touchdowns. These teams did not face off this year, 
but we know Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott are both having to reconfigure their offensive and defensive game plan because of that weather forecast that Jessica gave you at the uh, top of the rundown. When Gus up to 40 and sometimes throughout the game, even 50 mile per hour wins, even with Josh Allen's arm, I don't know how much you want to have him throwing deep. So a lot of things will be um, to the intermediate part of the field, and that's about 10 to 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. Now, he does have an arm that's good enough to really drill those passes in, but expect to see Josh Allen's arms and legs in this ball game. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's going to be old-school Pittsburgh Steelers football. This goes back to the days of the great Franco Harris and Chuck Noll uh, when they were the steel curtain back in the 70s. You guys know what I think about Franco Harris. He's one of the four greatest running backs to ever play in the NFL, along with Emmitt Smith, Sweetness, Walter Payton, and, of course, the running back godfather, and for me, still the greatest football player to ever put on a pair of shoulder pads, the one and only Mr. Jim Brown. You're going to see Mike Tomlin feature those two running backs extremely in this contest. Najee Harris is going to, I expect, get 20 to 25 rushing attempts in this ballgame. You've seen the, the total in this ballgame drop almost eight points because of the weather. This is going to be a low-scoring game. Take a look. when the Over-under is under 40 points, and there's a 10-point spread. There's a lot of great information out there about how these games usually end up. Let's take a look at both offenses and defenses along with the rushing power rankings because I don't know how much the passing power rankings are going to come into this particular matchup considering what we're dealing with as far as weather. Let's start with the road team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers come in with the 27th ranked offense. They will be going up against a top 10 defense in the Buffalo Bills. The Bills come in for us ranked number seven. As far as the Buffalo Bills offense, they come in also as a top uh, power ranked team for us, coming in at, with the sixth best offense. But the Steelers come in with the third best overall defense. Now, the Steelers are down. Um, in this ball game, T.J. Watt, um, he's likely lost for the rest of the year. But make no mistake, this Pittsburgh Steelers team has played and played really well without T.J. Watt uh, this year. So we'll see if they're able to physically hold up in this contest. want to take a look and just briefly glance over these teams um, from a passing standpoint. The Buffalo Bills come in with the number nine ranked passing offense in this contest, while the Steelers come in at a respectable 18 on defense. As far as the Steelers offense, they too have played a, 
three different quarterbacks this year, and their passing offense come in ranked 25th. We talked about this with Cleveland. You got to adjust those metrics just a little bit more based on what Mason Rudolph has done in the last couple of ball games. Now, let's flip it over to the rushing attack because I think this is where this game is going to be won and lost. The Steelers come in with the 11th best rushing attack in the NFL based on our metrics. They're going up against the 23rd ranked rushing attack for the Buffalo Bills. Keep that in mind. The Buffalo Bills rushing attack, they come in ranked 7th in the NFL in our, our metrics, while the Steelers' rush defense come in at 17. You can see why that weather has definitely affected um, the over-under in this ball game. And based on what our data is showing, I think that you're going to see this game be one of the fastest moving games because you're not going to see a lot of passing attempts in this ball game. I think both teams, um, both with defensive-minded head coaches, are going to want to play ground and pound and really make sure that they're trying to score touchdowns. I don't think you're going to see a lot of field goals attempted in this ball game. I think you're going to see one, if not both coaches, be a little bit more aggressive in going forward on fourth down. Special teams will come into play in this ball game, especially the punting. You want to make sure that you don't have any botch punt in this ball game. A punter doesn't shank it out of bounds, but make sure that he gets that punt off. You're going to see this be a field position ball game, a ground control ball game, and it's going to be really fascinating in this early uh, game there at High March Stadium there in beautiful Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Our next contest in the um, 4.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time slot window, the Dallas Cowboys, winners of the NFC East, welcome in the Green Bay Packers. Another reunion of sorts as Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, going up against his former team in the Green Bay Packers. Let's take a look at the leaders for, for both teams on the offensive side of the ball. Starting with the road team, the Green Bay Packers, led by first-year starter Jordan Love. And boy, have we been showing Jordan a lot of love this year because of his play has definitely improved from week one until week 18. 372 completions, 579 attempts, 4,159 yards passing, 32 passing touchdowns. One of his favorite targets, a young man that we first really took notice of last year in the draft, down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, Jaden Reed. Fantastic young wide receiver there out of Michigan State. 64 receptions, 793 yards through the air, eight receiving touchdowns. The Green Bay Packers are led on the ground by Aaron Jones, 142 rushing attempts, 646 yards, and two touchdowns. The Dallas Cowboys, led by their fantastic quarterback in Dak Prescott. Out of Mississippi State, this quarterback has continued to get better 
um, during his time in the NFL. And I think this has been Prescott's best overall season. Touchdowns up, turnovers as far as interceptions down. He said that he would improve in those two areas. Absolutely did this year. So fantastic job there by Dakota Prescott. 410 completions, 590 passing attempts, 4,516 yards, 36 passing touchdowns. We finally saw the C.D. Lamb that we have been clamoring for all of his career. C.D. Lamb had the talent coming out of Oklahoma. He has now stepped up into that. He is a bona fide number one wide receiver in the NFL, and his stats absolutely spell that out. 135 receptions, a Cowboy record. 1,749 receiving yards, another Cowboy record. Passing the Hall of Famer playmaker, Michael Irving. 10, I'm sorry, 12 uh, touchdowns receiving for C.D. Lamb. The Dallas Cowboys are led on the ground by uh, Tony Pollard. 252 rushing attempts, did hit the 1,000-yard mark going um, 1,005 yards rushing, six touchdowns on the ground. I think this is going to be one of the most intriguing matchups because of some of the backstories that have been percolating about this game and the significance of it. Green Bay is playing with house money, not really expected to make the playoffs this year. They are ahead of schedule. Expect this team to play loose and to play with a lot of confidence early on in this ballgame. Mike McCarthy does not have that luxury. The pressure is on. Jerry Jones getting older, understanding his mortality at this point, wants to get the Cowboys back to a Super Bowl. It has been said both publicly and privately that Mike McCarthy needs to get the Dallas Cowboys at least to the NFC Championship game with a shot to go to the Super Bowl, something the Cowboys have not done in over a quarter of a century. We have been told behind the scenes that Mike McCarthy's job is not safe. A loss in this ball game could, not saying it will, I'm saying it could be the end of the Mike McCarthy coaching era there as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Like I said, Jerry wants another Super Bowl. He understands now through his own ego that he has in part been the reason why the Cowboys haven't gotten to another Super Bowl. He will do whatever he has to do, hire whatever coach he has to hire to get one more Lombardi trophy in that Dallas Cowboys trophy case. That, ladies and gentlemen, is something that has been whispered to us on more than one occasion about Mike McCarthy and his job safety. Let's take a look at both 
teams as far as their offense and defensive uh, breakdown here in this contest. Let's start with the visiting Green Bay Packers. The Packers come in with the 16th best offense in the NFL. Going up against a top 10 defense in the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys come in with the sixth best defense in the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys come in with the fourth best offense in the NFL, coming coming in at number four, as I, I just said. They're going up against the Green Bay Packers, who come in with also a top 10 rated defense, coming in at 10th overall. Let's take a look at the rushing attack for this contest. Starting with the Green Bay Packers. The Packers come in with the 13th best rushing attack in the NFL, going up against the Cowboys who come in ranked 12th as far as the defense giving up yards on the ground. The Dallas Cowboy rushing attack has been basically non-existent all year long. 21st in the NFL in our power ranking metrics while going up against a really poor rushing attack by the Green Bay Packers. The Packers' rush defense come in at 27th. You want to know why their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, is on the hot seat? Because he hasn't been able to figure out a game plan to slow down opponents' rushing attacks. Let's take a look at the passing um, metrics here. Green Bay Packers coming in with the 15th best passing offense in the NFL, going up against the Dallas Cowboys secondary that's ranked sixth. Want to know why these teams get the seedings that they get? Take a look at how they play defense. The Cowboys passing offense, also a top five uh, passing attack, coming in for us at number three. Going up against the Green Bay Packers, who come in surprisingly a top 10 pass defense coming in at 10th. This game and the matchup to watch. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I'm getting some breaking news here in my headset. Cornerback for the Green Bay Packers, Jair Alexander, um, suffered a leg injury in practice, status questionable. Ladies and gentlemen, keep a, keep an eye on that um, as as we get closer to to kickoff there. So just got that in my headset. Wanted to pass that along while we're doing this breakdown. So that will definitely alter some of the thoughts that I had, but not dramatically. If Alexander is out, double teaming CD Lamb becomes even more paramount. As a defense, you can live with the number two or number three option for a team beating you. What you can't do is allow C.D. Lamb to absolutely run buck wild through your secondary. If C.D. Lamb has seven receptions over 130 yards receiving in this ball game, two touchdowns, this game is over before it even kicks off. If the Green Bay Packers are able to somehow keep down CeeDee Lamb and this Dallas Cowboy passing attack forcing 
taking Brandon Cooks along with the tight end uh, Ferguson and and Pollard. Green Bay Packer, the Green Bay Packers have a shot of keeping this game close. So you'll know how this game turns out based on, for me, how well C.D. Lamb does in this contest. In the nightcap, the Detroit Lions will welcome in a long-time familiar face in Matthew Stafford as the L.A. Rams, able to find their way into the playoffs, will be taken on the Detroit Lions in this contest. Ford Field will be the setting in that dome, and we're expecting a really good shootout in this contest. The LA Rams are led by Matthew Stafford. 326 completions, 521 attempts, 3,965 yards passing, 24 touchdowns. Rookie Phenom Puka Nakua. 105 receptions, 1,486 yards, six touchdowns. On the ground, Kyron Williams, 222 rushing attempts, 1,144 yards on the ground, 12 touchdowns. The Detroit Lions are led by Jarrett Goff. 407 completions, 605 attempts, 4,575 yards. 30 passing touchdowns. The Lions are led by their talented receiver, Amara St. Brown, 119 receptions, 1,519 yards, 10 receiving touchdowns. On the ground, they're led by David Montgomery, 219 rushing attempts, 1,015 yards, 13 rushing touchdowns. Two teams that know each other really well. Slight advantage for McVay as he coached Jarrett Goff. Dan Campbell, can you not go on tilt and cost your team a playoff win? Let's take a look at the at the metrics and see where these offense and defenses rank in this matchup. For the Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions come in with the fifth best offense in our in our metrics, going up against the LA Rams' eighth ranked defense. The LA Rams' offense come in ranked thirteenth, while the Detroit Lions come in ranked twentieth. Keep that in mind as we go through the rushing and passing here. As far as the rushing metrics go, let's take a look at the L.A. Rams. The Rams come in with the 14th best rushing attack in the NFL, while the Detroit Lions, led by Aiden Hutchinson out of the University of Michigan, come in with the second best rush defense in the NFL. The Detroit Lions come in with the fifth best rushing attack, while the L.A. Rams come in with the eighth best rushing defense. I think both teams will struggle to run the ball in this um, in this ball game. So 
whichever quarterback is able to have the most success without making mistakes will probably be the team that moves on in the playoffs. Let's take a look at the LA Rams. The Rams come in with the 10th best passing attack in the NFL. We talk about Stafford, Nakua, and Cup. They're going up against a Detroit line passing attack that will give up the ghost. 26th best passing attack defense. That means teams are able to get yards through the air against this Detroit Lions um, secondary. Detroit has the second best. Second best passing um, offense in the NFL. While LA Rams have the 19th best passing attack. So you're talking with the Rams being 10th as far as passing attack and the Lions being second. I think that this really is going to come down to which secondary can um, limit the opposing team's passing attack in this ball game. In our final matchup of, um, of the weekend, on Monday night, the Philadelphia Eagles will travel down to Tampa as they will face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Head coach Nick Seriani for the Philadelphia Eagles. Whispers coming out of Philadelphia. Not really pleased with the regression of this team, uh, especially late in the year. While Todd Bowles able to win um, the NFC South with a 9-8 and eight record, squeaking their way into the playoffs, but because they're a division champion, able to play that home playoff game. Let's take a look at the leaders for the Philadelphia Eagle offense, led by Jalen Hurts. Quarterback from the University of Alabama. Yes, he played one year at Oklahoma. Quarterback from the University of Alabama. 352 completions, 538 attempts, 3,858 yards passing, 23 touchdowns. They're led by uh, former Ole Miss standout wide receiver in A.J. Brown. 106 receptions, 1,456 yards receiving, seven um, touchdowns. They're led on the ground by former Georgia Bulldog DeAndre Swift. 229 rushing attempts, 1,049 yards rushing, five touchdowns. Philadelphia Eagle offense hasn't been clicking lately. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by former Oklahoma quarterback Baker Mayfield, 364 completions, 566 attempts, 4,044 yards passing with 28 touchdowns, led by former Texas A&M standout and future Pro Football Hall of Fame wide receiver and Mike Evans, another 1,000-yard season, 79 receptions, 1,255 yards receiving, 13 uh, touchdowns. Led on the ground by Rashard White, 272 rushing attempts, 990 yards on the ground, six touchdowns. 
these teams did uh, face off earlier in the year back in September with the Eagles winning 25 to 11. Let's take a look at the numbers from that matchup because these teams are completely different from what we saw early on in the year. Eagles were able to dominate on the ground. 40 rushing attempts, 201 yards on the ground with a touchdown. While Tampa Bay could not get anything going on the ground. 17 rushing attempts, 41 yards. Jalen Hurts had a fantastic day through the air. 23 uh, completions on 37 attempts, 277 yards through the air. One touchdown, two INTs. Baker. 15 for 25, 146 yards, one touchdown, one INT. Both teams committed two turnovers. Both teams were lights out on third downs. The Eagles, 10 for 16. Tampa was 5 for 10. Philly went 2 for 3 on fourth downs in this in that contest. So, who makes the adjustments in this ball game? We know Jalen Hurts has been limited, um, not only with the with the leg injury, but now um, an injury to his uh, throwing hand. And reports have confirmed he has been extremely limited as far as throwing the ball in this week of practice leading up to this contest. So let's take a look at both the Eagles offense and defense, as well as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense and defense. For the visiting Eagles, they come in with the eighth best offense, but it has not looked that way for the last month of the season. While the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come in with the fifth best defense in the NFL. Where Tampa has really struggled, and we saw it last week against the Carolina Panthers, not being able to score a touchdown in that ball game, only three field goals against the Panthers in what turned out to be a winner-take-all ball game as far as the Buccaneers' side of things. 25th-rated um, offense going up against a Philadelphia Eagle defense that has not been um, the same since losing Jonathan Gannon since he took over the head coaching job there with the Arizona Cardinals. This Eagle defense comes in ranked 27th. You want to know why there could be a head coaching change? If this holds up and this team loses this ball game, would not be shocked one bit if the Philadelphia Eagles would not move on from their head coach um, before the playoffs were, were over. Let's take a look at the rushing um, offense and defense for both teams in this contest. The Eagles come in with the eighth best rushing attack in the NFL, going up against a top five rushing defense in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs come in with the third best rushing, uh, rushing defense in the NFL. Once again, the Tampa Bay offense is, is really what's holding this team back, cannot run the ball, come in with the 29th best rushing attack in our power rankings. While the Philadelphia Eagles, much better on the ground, uh, coming in ranked 13th in our rankings. So don't expect Tampa to have a whole lot of success similar to what we saw early in the season going up against this Eagle defense. So if Tampa Bay is going to have a chance in this ballgame, it's going to have to be because of Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, 
being able to get it done through the air against this Eagle defense. Let's see how those units stack up here. The Philadelphia Eagle passing attack comes in 16th. We know that Hertz has been limited with the finger. I think that the Eagles are going to want to uh, limit the amount of times that Jalen Hurts throws the ball, but he's going up against the 29th-ranked passing attack as far as our power rankings go there against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if he's able to hit some passes, Philadelphia could find a lot of success in this ballgame. The Tampa Bay passing offense comes in ranked 17th, going up against also a struggling Eagles pass secondary coming in ranked 28th. Ladies and gentlemen, whoever has the better game through the air, if Philadelphia is not able to find success through the air, it will have to be with Jalen Hurts running. De DeAndre Swift running in this ball game. You want to make Baker Mayfield have to put the ball up in the air instead of giving that Tampa Bay offense a two-way go, being able to beat you through the air or on the ground. Don't expect a lot of success in this contest from Philadelphia being able to throw the ball because of Hurts being um, hampered by that injured finger. But like I said, if they're able to get the ball into Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown's hand uh, using a multitude of jet sweeps or uh, quick screens just to get the ball out of Hurts' hands quickly to where he's not having to um, squeeze the football nearly as much and it's actually a benefit for the Eagles that this game is being played in Tampa and not in the um, upper um, East Coast there in Philadelphia. Weather should not be a problem, so you're not going to see that hand swell up a lot because of cold and frigid, frigid temperatures. Slight lean to the Eagles. But there's a reason why this game ha has been so uh, tightly packed as far as that point spread goes. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our breakdown as far as these six matchups um, for Super Wild Card Weekend. But we're not going to get out of here without giving you a best bet on this um, particular card. And for that best bet, we're going to go down to Houston, Texas, and we're going to take the Cleveland Browns, and depending on where you shop, you can find that number at two or two and a half. We like it either way. Um, we expect the Browns to leave Houston with a win and advance in the playoffs. So for our best bet, we are taking the Cleveland Browns to advance in the playoffs beating the Houston Texans in a very um, tightly contested ball game. But we're going to lean towards the veteran Joe Flacco already lighting up this defense. We talked about Will Anderson being limited. Um, 
but expect a fantastic game out of C.J. Stroud. He's just going up against a defensive mastermind in Jim Schwartz. And if the Cleveland Browns are able to get a lead, they're going to turn loose Miles Garrett and um, Smith on that pass rush. Laramie Tonsil, um, talented standout left tackle for the Houston Texans, dealing with a little bit of injury. So uh, that may also play a factor in this ballgame. On behalf of my team here at the Crunch Time Sports Advantage Network, Jessica, Summer, Mr. Billy, this is Kenneth signing off from the Crunch Time Sports Advantage Network. Everybody enjoy a great weekend of NFL football as we honor and remember the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King as we celebrate his holiday this weekend. Thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend, and as always, God bless.